We meet again. The Time Lord and the Toymaker. One final game. It's time. that jarring cacophony tells you that we triumphantly have a new Doctor Who. We're all excited, but not as excited as Shuti Gatwa, who was so excited to start as the Doctor that he came in his pants. I'm Kenny Smith. And I'm Stephen Day. I'm also sitting in my pants, plus trousers, <laughs> plus a shirt. Just for clarification, everybody, and the YouTube viewer. Mm-hmm. He can't help himself, can he, listeners? No. I'm David Steele and I'm absolutely disgusted who else is new. <laughs> and yeah, I'm John Bolin and I'm still in shock as well after that. Yeah, it's just not what I was expecting, but let's let's power through. Absolutely. Power <laughs> so, I think John needs to go first then. For what? <laughs> with, your, Re- with your thoughts. Reaction. Oh, with my reactions. Right, okay, I thought this had turned into a hideous sort of game of strip podcast <laughs> um, that's next week wearing my regimental cod piece and uh, just in case so yeah I, I um well Kenny you said still buzzing yeah I'm still buzzing reeling phasing in and out of um, the, the the time space continuum. I will have to go back and watch it again to sort of formulate some coherent thoughts, but my immediate reaction is one of quiet joy, a sense of maybe I'd I'd been expecting things to be different from the way they panned out, but uh, I I was relieved at the resolution. Um, it had been slightly spoiled for me, maybe, so that I wasn't entirely surprised when what happened happened. The by generation is that what we're calling it? I think that's what they said. Yep. Um, so I thought that it looked stunning. I thought uh, Neil Patrick Harris was excellent as the toy maker. I thought he was really creepy when he was doing the kind of top hat and tails dancing around in the back of the kind of the scenes of mayhem and destruction. I thought that was great. I thought that the, what do you call him, Stooky, Stooky Bill, Stooky, Stooky Kenny, uh, was really menacing, as were his little Stooky family, the Babbies. Uh, I don't, they don't say Babbies in, in Helmsborough, let me assure you of that. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was really good, and I thought that would be a nice kind of frightening, chilling aspect for the the kids loved Mel. Good to see her back. Good to see Kate back as well, and um, with her nail polish. I, I thought that the resolution was beautiful. I also thought that, and I don't want this to come across the wrong way because it was in pants, but 
I also, for the first time, thought, gosh, Shooty Gap was rather beautiful looking as well. Um, so I was, this is the first time I've had kind of wrong feelings towards the Doctor in his, in his pants, but also in his other elements of his persona. Um, so I was very struck by that. Yeah, so uh, there's just a lot I'm going to have to sit down and, and, and process again once I go through it. I thought the music was lovely as well. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll let you guys <laughs> go and then I can come back with some more better formulated and expressed thoughts. Dave, what was your feeling? Oh, I loved it, unconditionally, every minute. Had a couple of things that sort of spoiled, like they released a, a publicity photo during the week, obviously, which showed that you could, you know, Melanie. I think I'd seen something of that earlier on. I couldn't remember. I think it was one of the trailers. And I'd read, I clicked through something. I can't remember. I think it was on Facebook or something, or it was it on Twitter? I can't remember now. Some article which, and I realised as it was happening, had spoiled the, the splitting in two aspect. I just, I'd read it and I dismissed it and thought, right, we'll see what happens. No, I loved it. Um, it did an awful lot. It was very, it was a very bold statement. You know, it, it's in the purest sense. Every time a regeneration has happened, you know, it's 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 been a renewal. But in this time, you know, we really got a new doctor. And the old doctor, the doctor we've seen for the last 60 years, was pretty much taken off the table. And that was fascinating. A really, really interesting way of setting things up in, in, in an anniversary year and starting it off again and starting it off afresh. Neil Patrick Harris was, was good. I thought they, it was maybe, you know, because, I mean, it wasn't like you got Michael Goff spinning around the console room to to um to the shadows or Peter and Gordon or anything was it you know back in the day I thought you Patrick I was very good when he wasn't doing the cartoony stuff and he was just kind of playing it a bit straight I thought he was tremendous and you know Melanie phenomenal I love those scenes that just that made me so happy you know because you know Mel's been there for two regenerations now and she doubled the number of whether or not including you know dimensions and time she doubled the number of doctors she's been on screen with the the bi generation was amazing shooty was just instant I bawled my eyes out. I didn't stop crying for the last 15 minutes. It was, I, I, I loved it. I was so, so relieved not to be disappointed because it was aspects of the last two that I really didn't care for. So it made me very happy. Stevie, were you smiling? I was, and I'm giggling, even, and smiling. I, I must admit, I have some bewilderment and confusion, possibly to do with a cold I've got. That's not helping. But I think, as both the others have said, it's a rewatch that I need to take in everything. I loved all the bits and pieces and, and Mel and others coming in, the the nod to Sabalon Glips, which I thought was was lovely. I suppose um, my only dissatisfaction, but it was never going to be this way, was, you know, we, we were looking at it as specials and I was thinking, oh, what are they going to bring in? You know, are we going to get other doctors? Are we going to get this and that? And I realised, you know, midway through, no, this was going to be a standalone story, but it stood alone. It stood alone fine, and the bi-generation, that was a nice twist. I hadn't read anything about that. It does make me think, right, well, where are we going with this, you know? As many people have speculated, is this a, a reboot into season one and we chuck everything, or we don't chuck everything away, but we don't have to reference it? Does it allow David Tennant and Catherine Tate to do their own stuff on screen? when we have our famously we have a our doctor light episode and they just wander on and do stuff but as an episode uh thoroughly enjoyed it and neil patrick harris always a joy i do wish though i don't like the cartoony bits i do like him when he's being serious and 
deep and dark, and I felt that was maybe a missed thing there, but that's just nitpicking. Nitpicking. Kenny, what did you think of it? If I said that I loved it, I'm probably doing it a disservice. I really enjoyed it from start to finish. I mean, there was everything you could want in there. There was the creeps and the scares there with the dolls that John mentioned. They were just terrifying. You can imagine kids having nightmares about those tonight, especially when Don is smacking a doll's head off the wall. Think how many kids will be doing that and smashing up their own beloved toys tonight? Uh, Hopefully not too many, because honestly, kids, teddy bears and such like are fun. I've still got my childhood bear. Do we all still have our childhood bears? Hopefully there are no children listening to this podcast giving you a crass joke at the start. Well, shoot, he was there in his pants at the start. Anyway, moving on. Anyway, John, uh, yes, Stevie, do you still have childhood, childhood bears? I, yep. st- I still have childhood bears. I tell you a story about a beloved childhood bear, not mine, and it's all to do with a regeneration. How long ago is it since Peter Capaldi arrived on our screen? 2013. Right. Well, imagine a small child, very, very influenced by Matt Smith, loving Matt Smith, watching that bursting into tears at the end and the next thing I hear and I kid you not is the sound of a toy rat being smashed against a wall next door in their bedroom (laughs) and I go through to utter the immortal words stop hitting Peter Capaldi with scrat the rat (laughs) she hated Peter Capaldi she wanted she wanted her doctor back (laughs) that rat and that poster nearly bit the dust that night however she got over it. So that's my story of beloved teddy bears. John, do you still have something like that? I don't have any bears, no. No. Um I I do have some of my early Doctor Who toys. That's you know That counts. My that Dennis, counts. Dennis Fisher one's probably the oldest stuff. I've got some action men, but nothing nothing soft and, mm. and, and fluffy that, that I've had from childhood. I've got a lot of things I acquired as an adult and a number of dubious circumstances but that's again for another time absolutely but yeah i've uh i enjoyed it i love the like the, the continuity references that were dropped in just in casual conversation and say the whole sabalom glitz thing i loved the throwaway mentions of at the end with legopolis and adric and things like that a nice sort of acknowledgement and then of course the scene with the puppet companions with amy pond and clara and bill but no nardol or rory but um, we won't, I won't uh, complain too much about that. But um, yeah, I love that. So we acknowledgements just to show what happened after Donna and just to show that it is, you know, things continued and Russell T gets the chance to mention other companions' names. But I really enjoyed it. I thought the drama of it was great. The time, there was a bit of time travel going back and uh, coming back and, and all the stuff with the, the new TARDIS as well, just sort of uh, whacking it. I thought it was a bit of a Harley Quinn type mallet kind of thing. Dave, you'll be able to confirm it. Is that pretty much a Harley Quinn type mallet? I couldn't really say it's not a character I have any great affection for, to be honest. (laughs) I'm not a fan of Harley Quinn. Sorry, don't know. (laughs) Okay, I just assumed it was something along those lines. But um, I just thought it was great. It could well have been. I don't don't know. I just don't don't like Harley as a character, so it's not what I paid attention to. Sorry. Okay. But something I also realised at the end was that also, reference to um, Mel being the original Ginger companion, um, Liz Shaw and Turlow, anyone? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. I did, yep. did think about Turlow, that was quite funny. Yes. Um, well, the, I think the puppet scene that you mentioned there, Kenny, was one of my favourites. It was an, a nice sort of summing up of like 
of of what the whole thing was about, which was you know that this doc, the doctor, as we've sort of known him for the last sixty years, has been dealing with all this stuff. And when Shuti actually mentioned Mavic Chen, I thought that's that's hilarious. The puppet scene was very effective because it's just sort of summing summed up why that you know the doctor's probably in the state of mind that he's in at this point. And it was really nice in a way because Shuti was sort of echoing Capaldi's final lines in a way when he sort of said, you know, you know. Capaldi's final line, you know, I, I let you go or whatever it was. In a way, that was, you know, Shooty taking over and releasing the Doctor from all of the the angst and, you know, put put that to bed now. You know, you just you just go and chill. I'm here. That I, I really liked that, and it all fed in. It was beautifully structured, really, really well done. I was well, blown away by it. I sleep within sight of the teddy bear that a friend of my granny made for me when I was a baby. So, um, just just to answer that question. Oh, that's nice to know. There we go. We've all we've all got something from childhood that's close to hand and hopefully won't try and kill us tonight. So we mentioned Shooty there. First impressions. I'm very taken with him. Just that voice is beautiful. Um I didn't hear a particularly strong Scots accent coming through, particularly when you watch the bits on whatever confidential's called these days. I can never remember. Unleashed. Unleashed. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, hearing him talking with David and sort of like the two Scots accents was quite fun. But he seems to have just sort of muted it down to be the Doctor. So what are your thoughts, John? No, I, I, the first time I heard him speaking, I thought, oh, no, he's he's adopting a different accent. But then I kept on hearing bits of the Scots accent coming through. Yeah. And I don't know if that was just a kind of a, I don't know, that the post-regenerative, bi-generative working out and firing of synapses in his brain but uh, no I could definitely hear the Scottish accent and I think looking at the the trailer for the Christmas one um, I think we're going to get uh, yeah I think he's sounding like someone from the west end of Glasgow you know just kind of phasing in between a Scottish and an English accent yeah um, I, I definitely picked it up at a couple of points I felt um, it's not like he's, he's not emphasising it when we, I mean to, to be honest I've all I've ever seen him in is Barbie, and he has about two lines in the whole of that. So I don't really have any other context for 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 hearing him speak. I've not time to watch Unleashed yet because I was travelling back from my mum's, you know, after the episode. I definitely picked it up. It seems like you know, a, a kind of, I he's not overemphasising it, but it doesn't seem like he's playing it down too much. Maybe that's just what he talks like. I don't know. I th- I think he's one of these actors that does his best to cover up sometimes an accent, but there's just some words when you're Scottish that just sneak through. And they're not going to notice it. I mean, it's not like Book and Cook are the most obvious ones, but it's just well, my mum to say murder. There's some words that I would say in different voices on different parts on radio, and she always knew it was me because it was my O's and my U's gave me away. And I think I think he's one of those. He will work with it and he will use his normal accent, but wee bits of Scottish will just flood in there, which is lovely. Yep. I also like the fact that we sort of got Wilf, but we didn't get Wilf. The fact that uh, the we sort of they sort of addressed the fact he was there and they sort of got him taken care of off screen, which I liked. Yeah, so there was an acknowledgement. There was one shot that was patently not Bernard, which was quite <laughs> the wig the wig was the wrong colour, the hair was too long. You know, that was quite funny. But I liked how it just picked up from the last one. It was really weird getting the context for all those scenes that we saw them filming in London and Wales last year. You know, right when it was announced. It was really weird seeing all that in situ as it were. Yes, it's I don't know, like, what do we think is going to happen next then? Do we think DT is going to get his own Disney Plus series? Or do you think that'll be that'll be the end of it? What do you think is going to happen there? 
I don't know, make use of a set downtime. I think it allows I think it allows them to slot in from time to mm. time. If they've got an ongoing agreement, I think it might be due or the pair of them will maybe do two or three and, and Yasmin Finney's been filming. So is she with Shooty or is she with Mr. T? Yeah. I've heard you know, I've heard that Rose is coming back and obviously we know that Melanie's gonna be back. We know that um yeah. Shirley's gonna be back. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. It will be. Yeah, the mind boggles. The possibilities are endless in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Oh God, yeah. I'm so relieved I enjoyed it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I think particularly given the uh-huh. given the, like the rumours that were going around uh, over the past few days that everything will have been since the toy maker will have been a myth and made up because the Doctor never left the tight the toy maker's realm. I was thinking Russell wouldn't do that. That's just too disrespectful to everyone else. And thankfully, uh-huh. he didn't go there, which was great. I was more than happy with that. Um, John, what would be your thoughts on the Doctor and Donna spin-off? Perhaps partners in time? Yeah, that's always a possibility. I mean, much was made of the, the whole idea of him being parked and in, in uh, Doctor Who Unleashed, Russell talks about that. You know, he says, so the, yeah, the 14th Doctor is parked. Now, we can debate and analyse the word parked as much as we want. <laughs> Something which is parked can then be driven off uh, subsequently. But it certainly leaves that kind of open. But for me, the most important part of that was just simply the just the, the happy domesticity of it all. You know, just that kind of lovely scene of a family at last and, and all of that. And the notion that the Doctor has to get better has to recover and repair in some way and and this is and this is how he's going to do his therapy. You know, it talks about we, we did therapy in the wrong order. So this is him at last doing his therapy. And it's almost as if, you know, the fifteenth doctor, Shooty's doctor, is already healed. He's already done the therapy. He's so he's kind of you know, I I know a few weeks ago when we were talking about it, I said that, you know, the fourteenth doctor seems to be less burdened by survivor guilt and all of the stuff that we saw in the Tenth Doctor. But clearly he has he has issues to be to be resolved. So um yeah, I just get the sense of there is very much that kind of emphasis on the reboot. You know, the the Doctor being someone different, something different, accompanying the purported new emphasis on fantasy more than science fiction or pure science fiction. So I guess Doctor Who's always been been like that. How did we find Stooky Bill? Because that whole thing with the giggle was... I found that really creepy. It was a really good start. It gets you drawn in, particularly when you get Mel singing. That, uh, yeah. I, thought that was, I thought it was great. It's just such oh. a great, strong image and really gets you going. Totally. I mean, I'm a puppet man. I love a puppet. I love a Muppet. I don't like uh, marionettes. And I don't like ventriloquist dummy, so that mm-hmm. was sending me straight up the wall. I mean, I, you know, in my fevered brain tonight, that's really not going to help me sleep. It's such a good thing to take something that's out there a wee bit in the public consciousness. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the Yeti on the loo thing. You know, we could go back and we could find original images of this and the fact that the puppet was catching fire and melting. Um, yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's been in all our screens. That's what I should have put on my background screen for the YouTube viewer. But, you know, being in all our screens, it's it's a classic Doctor Who thing. But, yeah, to enhance that with them having a family, that was just... that That's that's a hand-under-the-bed-grabbing-an-ankle thing for kids. 
I don't think that, uh, just talking of family, I don't think we should let Rose or Martha know that um, Donna's actually got a proper full-time Lord version of the David Tennant Doctor. Rose has obviously got a human version, and Martha never even got one in the end of her own, so poor, poor Martha, the one who probably needed him and wanted him most. She got over him, though. We know that. She said as much in when she came back in season four. And Rose is in a parallel universe, so she's never going to know. It's fine. Don't don't worry about that. Okay, thanks. <laughs> I don't think, like, think Donna's going to be too worried about it either. Um, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I like she's the fact... 20k with six weeks holiday, so... <laughs> yeah, that was funny. But it was... Glo- I, do you know what? It's so weird, like... I was quite nervous before it because as I say some stuff niggled me about the last couple but I just I'm so relieved <laughs> literally I'm so relieved I just like that's my if it, that was my if I had to get, boil, it out, boil it all down to one word you know relieved There's, there was so much just you know so much joy in it and it was it was so brave and really quite I mean I've for years for years I've wished that they'd do a story where the Doctor regenerated 20 minutes before the end and the new guy was sort of involved in wrapping it up I've always thought that a really fun thing to do if it's an hour long 40 minutes in old doctor goes new doctor's in it's him responsible for tying it up and continues and we kind of got a variation of that so I was so so chuffed and you know we got a we got another multi-doctor story <laughs> out of it as well which is amazing I mean it's Russell's been very clever that he's done a lot of stuff that you know if you if you took the letter of it and compared it to the way it's been done in the past, done very differently. But you know, we got, you know, it was there. It was an anniversary. An old doctor came back. It was an anniversary. We got a multi doctor. I mean, even technically, we saw we saw Bill Hartnell for like a split second when they, you know, they filtered that in, and that was amazing. I mean, I was saying to my sister when we were watching it that that Michael Goff never really quite calmed it up as much as Neil Patrick Harris. And it's and it's actually I think it's brilliant timing now that the animated version of the Toy Maker is coming out. Uh, surprisingly. I seem to be in the minority and the people I've spoken to that actually quite like the styling of it <laughs> and I'm quite looking forward to this version. Everyone else I've spoken to has thought it was terrible. I don't know what Stevie and John thought. Mm-hmm. No, I like it. I'm a, I'm a say, I think it I think it's kind of in keeping with a sort of a a game visual reference, you know? It kind yeah. of those kind of primitive almost kind of mind Minecrafty um Yeah. It, it put- it, it, the first thing it reminded me of was Larry the Lamb, mm-hmm. you know that sort of toy town sort of vibe. Um, yeah. So I, I'm actually really, excited. you know, I've, I've made the, I've made the point, laboured the point that the last two or three I've just waited till the prices come down, so I bought them. But I'll be buying this one as soon as it comes out. I'm glad, they're so glad they're doing another Hartnell story. Very much so. I, I'm happy to say I was first impression. I was shocked because I was not expecting that at all. Because I'm quite like the the nicely animated ones that Anne-Marie Walsh and her her team do. So this was a bit of a system shock, but having watched it again, I have to admit, I am warming to it and I can see it, as you say, it's got that sort of, almost like an N64 sort of 90s video game kind of graphics look to it. And it has that kind of feel. So again, as you say, appropriate, like something from a games console. So I am am coming round to it. Good. Here's confession, confession time for you all though. And uh, don't know quite how to put this, but I'm keeping this nicely hidden. I never liked Celestial Toymaker. I've read it, I've seen bits, I've heard audio, and it bored me rigid. So I came in as a, a new fan to watch this, hoping that it would be good. And it was. 
I didn't need any history. It was just like, there's a big bad. And I'd read the synopsis again, and whilst reading the synopsis, I was falling asleep. I, I don't know what it is about it. It was one of those Yawn Fest episodes that really didn't need to be watched for me. But that's just that's just my opinion. But I think it shows you that the new story worked with that character. I think it worked brilliantly. And I think it was it's almost a surprise that he took so long to come back. Obviously, we nearly got him in Nightmare Fair. But I think it was you know well played and... Uh, you know, that, that whole games thing was great. Protect says, ah, one each. And I thought, that's good, that's good. And then when it came to the best of three, I thought, that's that's very um, that's very boyish, all, isn't all it? The, all the stuff running up down the corridors and the Doctor and Donna getting separated through the doors was brilliant. That was pro- proper Doctor Who, you know. I really enjoyed all that. You know, out of the three of them, it's the one that I think I, I, I know, I, I, I don't feel the need to watch it again immediately to figure out what I think of it. It's the first one that I really, really unconditionally sort of got or being completely on board with playing it just now obviously and again well Doc Joe the DVD's out Monday isn't it is that right I think it is yeah it's very very quick a very quick turnaround on on getting it into shops yeah interesting mm. yeah I've been a bit doubtful the first two episodes but I'll definitely buy it now so thoughts on David Tennant and Catherine Tate together again now that we've seen the whole arc I think it's wonderful just the whole just that that friendly nature they have and effectively Dawn has welcomed the Doctor into her family and having rewatched The Runaway Bride a couple of nights ago I want to sort of just like to see how everything started for them and it's just that wonderful sort of that antagonism, it's like brother and sister teasing each other constantly um, I think it's sort of built up to that once Donna gets over the oi spaceman and Martian and I think it's just definitely my favourite of the revival series Doctor Companion pairings yeah, they've always they've always had that brother and sister sort of thing. They've always played that up, and I, and that's you know when he talked about Sean being his brother-in-law and Rose being his niece, that was that was nice. That was really cool. I'm going to surprise Kenny when I tell him that my favourite companion or TARDIS crew of the modern series is still the Twelfth Doctor, Bill Potts and Nardo. But there you go. Silence. <laughs> John, what's your what's your feeling on the pair of them? Yeah, I loved them. I I loved the the, the tenth Doctor and Donna pairing. You know, I thought they were great, and I I thought you know I, I was really struck first time around by just what an amazing actress Catherine Tate is, and that's been you know very much in evidence again. Also, I just think she's just so funny. I love I love all the stuff from behind the scenes in Doctor Who um, Unleashed. I think you know it's it's tremendous seeing them just kind of play off each other as well. So I was really happy. It was a lovely, emotionally satisfying conclusion to the to the story. We don't know if it's the conclusion to the Fourteenth Doctor's story, but just as I said, to have them with that with that family dynamic was lovely. And to think that maybe yeah, he's already been naughty and heading off to Mars with Rose is lovely too. So yeah, great stuff, Stevie. Uh, yeah, I've. Uh, I mean, I've always loved them as a, a pair working together. I was never the greatest fan of Catherine Tate on her shows, but it's just not something that appeals to me. But I thought that the more I got into their partnership, the more I appreciated her humour and other things. And I remember when Big Finish brought out their first lot of stuff, and then I, I got the second lot of stuff as well. And it it was as as if they had never been away. You know, people obviously know how to write for them. 
they come back in and embrace it. I mean, I think DT just turns it on and with a smile. And I think she said in an interview somewhere she struggles a bit more, but once the pair of them were together, so you can see that kind of thing just running and running. I mean, there's got to be an ultimate end. You, you would get bored if it was just running and running and running and running and running, I think. But oh, no, a magnificent pairing. And I think with the family, whether they do it on screen, whether they do audio or a mixture of both, you've got a treat running. And I think I was thinking about, you know, why hasn't this happened before? And the thing is that quite often in Doctor Who, an actor wanted to move on because they didn't want to get typecast. Or an actor was forced on because the production didn't want them anymore. And you've got occasions now with David Tennant and probably others that they can work this stuff around their schedule because they're fans and they want to do. And if they've only got to do one or two every five years and the door's left open, they'll do it. It's not like... The rules have been broken slightly in that we can now shift into the current timeline and go back to his doctor without having to explain it all. But it's it's the kind of thing I've always said that would be nice. It's logistically a nightmare. You know, someone like Paul McGann, um, you know, you get him in for a couple of episodes and you don't flag it up. You just follow someone up the TARDIS and it happens to be him and you do an episode with them and you don't need a big explanation, you know. What am I doing here? Why is this shiny white thing? Oh, I must have jumped the timelines, go in the story and finished. I think we've got an awful lot more that they can do with these characters now without tying them up for nine months a year, which must be horrendous, you know, especially with these actors who want to do much more. They don't want to get typecast, but, you know, they're happy to do, but they want to do other things. I think the most important part of it all was that finally Donna got a happy ending given the way things had been previously, with the way her memory going and stripping her of the fact she developed so much as a person and a character. And I think this way, she's so much better. And it's a, it really is a, a joy. It's not just a happy ending, it's a joyous one, because it's not really ended, if anything, it's only just begun. I, I think you're right, but I think we needed that horrible ending in order to give us this ending. And I think that's what we've all got to remember about how this going together, you know, we wouldn't talk about Earthshock if Adric hadn't died. It would just be a, a Cyberman episode. You know, we wouldn't talk about Donna or worry about Donna because she's lost her memory or whatever. You, we have to have these tragedies or these near tragedies or a rose stuck somewhere in order for it to work. And yes, we can resolve some things. I'm really glad that it's resolved now. But it had been horrible if it had been an episode later or a season later, they thought, oh, well, let's just fix that. I think there's got to be some time jeopardy. That's the word they use in broadcasting, isn't it? There's got to be jeopardy, and it's got to run for a while before you fix it, or sometimes you don't. I mean, if they ever go back and say, let's rescue Adric, there's an error. For many reasons, but there's a fundamental error. I can't see that happening somehow, though. But no. Also, the other thing, Mincy, was that the toy maker playing a game with the master and capturing him in, or capturing them because we don't know what the master currently is in the, the tooth and then of course the tooth at the end and something that John mentioned earlier was Kate's fingernails and all nail varnish was it was it Kate I didn't I didn't notice was she wearing bright red nail varnish mm-hmm. right interesting interesting well that's it that's going to be the spin-off and because I I was told a, a rumor by by someone who's been on the podcast actually quite recently as a as a as a guest, um, I, he told me a rumor. Shall I name and shame? Go for it. 
Yeah. Well, Brooks told me that he'd heard John Sim was in it. <laughs> um, so that'll be the plot of your first David Tennant spin-off series. It'll be the the whole thing with the golden tooth and um, John Sim coming back. That'll be you mark my words, listeners. You heard it here first. <laughs> I saw a lovely thing about Anthony Ainley the other day. It was floating around on Facebook. You guys have probably seen it, but it was a studio recording for the Five Doctors. Oh yes. And he's he's right. sitting around the table, and they get him to deliver the line, and he rescue the Doctor. Hmm. Anthony, could could you maybe chuckle? Yes, yes, yes. I can certainly talk. And rescue the Doctor. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, that's how this magic happens. We could have been left with, hmm, yes. <laughs> I thought it was better without the chuckle. It was really weird watching the, the, the Five Dollar Studio footage and thinking there were so many shots and takes that I thought <laughs> were better than what they used. I don't was know. It? I've always loved the chuckle. I always loved it when yeah. he hammed it up. Oh, he's great. We watched, um, we went on the iPlayer at, at um, quarter to six tonight and stuck on the Gopolis episode four and let it run into Castro Valva to kind of get, you know, hyped. And um, it was it was just watching him and talking together and that they're both phenomenal. Anthony's there's a real real bit where he sort of click, he switches completely and just you realise how he is utterly deranged. It was really really good. But we'll talk right. about the whole time. <laughs> Absolutely. I also like the fact that the TARDIS is now um, wheelchair accessible. I also say it's also Dalek accessible. <laughs> I was just wondering if that was built for Wilf or for the character, what's the character called in unit? I've forgotten her name. Julian. I wondered whether that was built for one or t'other or both of them. Interesting. Interesting. Well, it won't be for Davros, we know that much now, so mm-hmm. there we go. Whoa, let's not go in there. Let's not go there. Well, that's us. We've reached the end of our last look at the 14th Doctor for now. Our first look at the 15th and it's been a joy and I thoroughly enjoyed it, so thank you very much for coming on, gentlemen. Pleasure. It's been an absolute pulling apart pleasure, Kenny. And, uh, <laughs> just keep your oh, pants on, okay? Yeah, absolutely. It's worth going commando for. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Unleashed? No, not yet. Not all the way. I just watched the start. Yeah, it's, it's well worth it for his comments about uh, whether he was wearing pants during his regeneration. <laughs> Excellent. But, Dr. Boland, I can see you're itching to ask me something. Well, I don't really have a question. Um, I'm just assuming that you're going to be playing us out with uh, Spice Girls, Spice Up Your Life. Well, tell us what you are going to play us out with then, Kenny. It's going to be Spice Girls, Spice Up Your Life. Well, oh, there's a surprise. Slam it to the left. Oh, hell. Gosh. Well, everyone, thanks very much for listening. I've been Kenny Smith. I've been Stephen Day. I've been Stooky John. <laughs> I've been David Steele. Thanks for listening. We'll be back very Bye. soon. In fact, we'll be back twice next week with another book mm. chat and a chat with Al Jude about the Christmas action figures. So until then, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.